0: You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you Marijuana Grow knowledge, news, and culture.
1: At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. Exactly.
0: What's going on, everybody? Dude, Grow Show here. Hanging out for Grow Talk. Grow Talk on, uh, man, busy Monday morning out in the D-Town. How you doing, Scotty? Hell yeah, man. Rocking and a-rolling, amigo. I like it. I like it, guys. Sorry, we had a uh, a little bit of a. I don't. I won't say we missed a show, but we were hanging uh, Friday at candacon here in Denver, and we'll have some info for you on that show, what we saw, and everything coming up Wednesday and what's growing on. But we were working, man. We were getting the getting the info out, making sure we could hang with some of the DGC there. So I heard Scotty dropped a little science, put a little file in there to fill in. So, but we're no, back. No,
2: that that was not me. That was Hash Assassin covering our ass, man. So nice. big ups, brother.
0: Yeah, today, though, we got Grow Talk, man, we'll make up for it. We got like 10 or 11 questions of Grow Talk. Straight up, grow your own cannabis people, marijuana ganja. I should get the slang list up. I wonder how many slang words there are for <laughs> marijuana. I mean, what would you guess like 25 or? Yeah, sorry, man, you caught me. I mean, are you just ripping? <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me let you finish tuning up first there. <laughs> you caught me man you caught
2: me these vapor pens man it's a fine line between uh being able to sneak a hit and hacking for about 30 seconds man gotta gotta know when to let off that button man
0: yes and if you (laughs) you do for sure i almost got busted the other day because i was like man i only have time for one vapor hit in this pen real quick and uh before i was going to to do something and then just started coughing and coughing and coughing and um, that's some more stuff, man, coming up. I'll give a few previews, guys, of uh, probably this week in cannabis. This week we got test results back. We haven't talked those test results on the show yet from Extractor Man, um, and we got some opinions on that out of the show from Terp Extractors. Uh, we'll discuss that on Friday's show, which was pretty cool, pretty cool stuff to learn about parts per million and the butane analysis and concentration and all that extraction stuff you have to get into to be a hip marijuana user these days. Definitely, definitely. Do Do we dare do a 30-second uh, review of Canacon? No, that's all good. Hit it up, man. Yeah, You, you said 30 seconds, so All right, and <laughs> yeah, th- go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Definitely a melding of potheads coming to, uh, uh, what do they call those again? Businessmen. You know, meeting <laughs> and most of the businessmen are just stealing the potheads' ideas and exploiting them, so... 30 second idea or 30 second review. There you go.
0: Yeah. yeah it was everything from people that were anybody in the, that's in the industry, whether it's a company that makes a filter, such as Hydrologic, you guys have heard of some nutrient companies, down to guys that do t shirts, down to guys that sell glass. So it was across the board for sure. Um, Right, and it wasn't
2: all bad it wasn't nearly as negative as I made it out to be that for a couple days ago man. it was actually it was actually really cool and potheads need to meet businessmen you know businessmen and potheads uh, have different skill sets man so put them together and hopefully we get national legal pot man hopefully we overgrow
0: what uh what are yeah what are I got a couple quiz terms for you uh marijuana uh, slangs what are Bammies, man I'm always time taking tired of getting them Bammies from you dude. Bammies? Yep, Bammies, man. Why you always gotta be growing at Bammies, dude? I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I don't a poor I, Bammies apparently is a poor quality of marijuana. Okay? From what, the sixties or something like that? I, yeah. I don't know. There is so many you Get your Bammies and your Bennies, man. There is so much slang in here. I only know like what uh what a quarter of it is. I mean, let's try and find one more. Um, how about dusting? Do you know what dusting is? This is a slang term not for growing, but you're probably like, oh yeah man dusting they probably like people would be maybe dusting a joint
2: yeah yeah i don't know man no i i don't know what dusting is i i doubt it's sprinkling angel dust on the
0: joint <laughs> adding pcp heroin or another drug to marijuana anyway oh, i'm going off i the do same. know what it is, man. is <laughs> all right let's get into grow talk man let's uh well first off give a shout out to some prime time supporters you got some people here that uh who you got scotty i've been supporting the show hanging out <laughs>
2: yo man we got an email from tommy Hammersticks, which just started making me laugh and laugh and laugh man because that is uh a reference from drinking out of cups and i don't know if you guys have not seen that video dude take yourself press pause and just say drinking out of cups to uh to your smartphone man and you will laugh your ass off man i've been laughing all morning thank you thank you tommy
0: Uh, is, is it Tommy? Tommy it says Johnny? Sticks? I think it's John, Johnny. It's Johnny John.
2: Hammersticks and and Tommy Noble.
0: Yep, you got it. <laughs> That's Tommy who Noble. it is, man. Dang it, man. It's been a while, man. It's audio from the guy tripping in a closet, put to a uh, animated lizard. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. I'll take it. Pretty funny. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, man. Word. Who else you got? Bill. Bill J.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. Bill J gave us a, an awesome email, man, and dude, those emails help. We work our ass off, man, and uh, uh, when we get an email from somebody saying they really dug the show, or you know, somebody that really listened and, and asked some intelligent questions, it makes us feel
0: awesome. So, thank you so much, Bill J. Warden. Since this is Grow Talk, I'll give a shout out to Way to Grow. Um, catch their light sale if you guys need. I actually got to go up there and catch this. If you guys need any lighting, uh, you got HPS's Hordelux, $69 for 600 watt, uh, $59.99 for a thousand watt Hordelux HPS, uh, $129 Hordelux Blue in the thousand watt range. These are your ultimate veg bulbs. I'm still rocking one. I got three months left on it. Um, And $89 for Hordelux Blue, 600 watt. So uh r- really good bulbs really good prices use the dude grows account of course if you'd like or if you know you' you don't even want to be part of this sale just use the dude Grows bulb deal any time of the year thousand watt Hordelux hPS for60 dollars so kick it over there guys way to grows definitely uh been supporting the show and uh yeah having it keep rocking at you soon enough as I promised probably for what the past 40 shows we are gonna have some sort of a trick video live feed show something like that. <laughs> oh, quit making promises you can't keep, brother. I'll keep it, man. I promised we'd get to 100 and that happened. So, I mean, it'll work. It'll work <laughs> out. Hey,
2: man. Uh, oh, you know what I want to say that i keep on forgetting about? Uh, Ray Embarcadero actually uh, started a Google Plus group, which is really neat, man. So if any of y'all want to join up to that, I think it's called the Dude Grows Crew. Uh, Google
0: Plus group. We'd love to have you all there. Dude Grows Crew. Straight up, huh? That wasn't taken? All right. <laughs> like I was saying, man, like everything seems like it gets taken these days
2: hey did you have any three fifteens on that light deal by any chance?
0: uh no, they don't have any on the you the know lighting I was, deal I did
2: ask uh we we saw the owner at way to grow over at uh at Canacon, and I asked him about the three fifteens and I kind of wanted to get his opinion on this this hack that Costa Mesa Steve, who is an electrician, gave me, and I think this is for public use, if not Steve, sorry, buddy. <laughs> you got to learn who, what you can tell me i guess but what he was telling me is a standard 400 watt uh metal halide setup uh, as far as just a 400 watt ballast you can plug there's a 315 light that you can get that has a, i think it's called a 69 mogul or something look for look for the number 69 in the mogul and that's the base where it plugs into the socket but that will fit directly into a, a 400 watt ballast so basically a setup so if you have some old 400 watt setups you know ballast and hood you should be able to fit there you should be able to find a 315 bulb that you can fit right in there man and and play around it'll only draw 315 watts too so i found that to be really cool man so a lot of people are asking about these 315s they want to test them um so i brought it up to the owner way to grow and he because i was bitching about the price i was like for 599 you know 600 bucks at 315 doesn't sound like that great of a deal and he told me I was sorely mistaken. So he said if the dude gross crew wants to get any 315s, man, they're 450 from him, man. So uh, just use the dude discount, and you might have to let the guys know in the back. But, and then he was also saying, you know, for 450 bucks on that 315, you do get, I think, the entire thing with the ballast included. Yeah, everything's six, included. Six, seven
0: pounds. I like it super know, so clean. It all hangs up. Your ballast is hanging up there in the reflector and there's no air cooled ducting like it just looks it looks spiffy for my European It is hotel nice.
2: Room. Yeah, so we, we got the price down $150 anyway, man.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah,
2: and if any of you guys got those old 400 watt setups that are just sitting in your shed or something like that and you want to pull one out and run a 315 out of it, you know, you got the freedom to do so. But aren't 315s normally vertically hung the bulb?
0: I think there's a couple different styles. I think the 630 has them both coming out from the sides. But You're I, right. I just wanted to have keep in mind for everybody when listening to Scotty Real and his electrical advice that it's only for novelty use, only not real life applications. Any electrical advice given on the show is uh, strictly for fun. <laughs> anyway yeah, i just hearing you talk about mismatching and ballast and, and i tr- don't get me wrong i trust the uh advice from costa Mesa. i just want people to be carrot man anytime you're screwing the electricity coming from a guy that's almost shocked himself really bad with some 220 uh yeah. almost shocked myself man are you kidding me when i was
2: an hvac guy i would smoke a joint at lunch and then i was guaranteed to shock myself after lunch
0: man <laughs> but uh Cool. Yeah, that was a good point, man. Break it down if you get. 450 is uh, is pretty sweet. I haven't ran those Dude, yet, man. I, I don't know. I'm tempted to run those next, but it's hard for me to take down what works right now.
2: It, me too, but those 315s are getting a lot of talk as a real deal light. I mean, think about getting a pound out of 315 watts, man. That's 945 watts to get three pounds, and you're not setting the world on fire. I mean, you're not going nuts with that, you know, a pound is is what you can average
0: well we want yeah you, you got to get somebody up on the show there's a couple of those guys up uh um using them up in fort collins i think and man that would be yeah we got to get some because i want to get it from the horse's mouth as they say okay all right yeah yeah agreed agreed i want to freaking grow with one man but i think that and the, the led
2: man is where i'm sitting man that's that's where my eyes are looking as far as replacement lights
0: Guys, let's take a quick break. Any, what are any any good song suggestions to lead in? Do we have a custom grow talk parody? I know we got the "What's Growing On" um, hanging. We got. Did you get a new one? Talk,
2: man. It's supposed to be coming, man. It's supposed to be Come coming on, off man. the
0: off the bug old Eli, man. All right. So you say we want some real talk? How about it, man? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back. Tons of grow talk to go through. Over ten questions ahead. You like that? It's like a game show. And we'll see. We'll see you guys in a minute. I gotta pack up my bowl here. Alright.
3: Do I know your friend OG Kim Dog? Who? What? Oh man! You know we were about to sit up in here and smoke some weed and talk to y'all about growing trees and smoking dank. We talk. See, I'm trying to establish with you about growing right. Because your buds are way too small. Don't taste like nothing at all. We talk. Just because you nuke some little bug crawling on the branch. Just chilling in the grow. While you was downstairs working it. Tell me, yo. Were they outfits or just ants? We talk. And were they messing up your plans? Whoa! uh, We talk. Remember when you met Soma at the club? And you were smoking and dabbing and kicking it? Yeah, you had the permigrin. We talk, yeah. So just sit back and listen to the show and let the knowledge flow and let the dude and Scotty real bust some weird we talking. Talk,
1: yeah.
0: All right, man. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's hammer. I won't say hammer through a couple of these because then you're just going to chuckle and start thinking about Johnny Hammersticks. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is from Big J. Big J, uh, what do you guys think of adding an organic booster like HPK to a synthetic routine of Cana A and B or mixing up boosters? Do you guys stick with one booster for all of Late Bloom or do we switch up products? I've got, I love this next uh, comment because I've been there. I've got a pile of fucking nutrients, and I'm wondering if I should run one brand style or style at a time. Is there a benefit, harm to changing up nutrients? So, what do you think, Mister Real?
2: I think that it, that when you're a beginning gardener, and you know when you're learning how things work, it's great to just follow a line. And then, as you get on uh, more experience, you can say, "Hey, man, I wonder what you know." Adding a little bat guano, you know, budswell or HPK. Uh, to this line now that i know what it does so if you're comfortable with your nutrient line if you're using something like i just use canna a and b so i just got steak and potatoes man so i can add all sorts of other stuff to it man that's what you know but i know what canna a and b does man so it's important to know your base first and then you can add to it yeah
0: yeah and i would uh i mean i i get in the same situation i want to run nutrients long enough to know they're working good for me instead of constantly rotating and all that but I mean I definitely change things up this is reminding me I need to get some HPK although I'm not at that point in bloom right yet indoors or out but yeah running HPK is is great with AMB I would look at that you could do a multitude of things you could run your HPK I would try and run it like at half strength maybe reaching 15 mils per gallon and then if you have another synthetic booster or bloom additive run that too at half strength that's usually like i can run i'd run hpk and then i'd run uh big swell from soul synthetics you know and then i lighten them both up a little bit except for that one week in prime bloom where i'm feeling like man i'm gonna really hit them once full strength on both these just keep in mind with the hpk it's gonna keep feeding and keep hanging out you want to cut that out i think i'd cut it out like at least like if i know i have two weeks left before i cut my plant down no more hpk uh um, right and man, yeah, just if you'll start to learn, you know what what's working. Like Scotty said, he's got his steak and potatoes with can A and B, um, and you'll you'll have different products. But yeah, I think you get a really good attribute when you know how to use different products. I don't think there's any harm. I mean, there can be harm done mixing some things, but overall, it's, well, here's it's what fun. That's a good way to have a good time in the garden.
2: What I'm, what I'm saying is, though, you learn how to push things to the limit, and then you back off. You know, in, in your car, you put it up to the red line, and you back off. We got to learn our red line when it comes to these plants, man. So we got to learn when they're, you know, when we got to do that, get to that perfect burn where we're nutrient stressing them. I was minor waiting, nutrient for it, stress. waiting for
0: it. Waiting for it. I was going to tell you, I, I don't even ever get. I rarely ever get to that perfect burn. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just. I don't, yeah, I guess I don't push my plants hard enough, but that's why they taste so good.
2: But the point is you don't always have to push your plants hard enough once you know what pushing them hard is. If you know that uh, 10 mils of A and 10 mils of B is going to get you to where, you know, in your, you know whatever in your, uh, whatever, 10 mils of A and 10 mils of B is going to get you to that perfect burn, then you might decide to stay at 7 mils all the time. And then you want to go down to 6 mils because you're going to start adding guanos in and whatnot. But you at least have to know what the maximum is, you know, in order to know how much to back off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I agree with the beginner uh, point you made, Scotty. It doesn't even have to be beginner. If you just don't want to think. I was down mixing up a bunch of stuff the other day, and I don't have a feed chart, you know, because I got too much different things I'm playing with. And I I don't mind it. But if I didn't want to think about it, I would go straight to a feed chart. I'd try to pick a line that had five products or something and just – or you could just simplify Um, You know, if you're using, uh, let's let's use an example of uh, everybody knows GH, if you're using their three part and hydro, it doesn't mean you have to use their whole line by any means. So you can just pick parts of the line or choose a real simple line that uh, has a feed chart and good support too. So if you're going to commit to X amount of dollars in bottles, try and give a try and call that nutrient company, try and see, tell, you know, see if they'll help you out. Maybe you come yeah, up Yeah, it's
2: exactly right, man. If you're going to commit to a nutrient company and start to learn their system, make sure that it's something you want to commit to. Make sure that they answer the phone, make sure that you want to use their base and you can tolerate using their supplements while you learn how, you know, how to use everything and what, you know, how to exchange different things. If you are totally against using Canna cuz you don't want to use uh, their Rizzo and their Boost, you know, and you're against that to start off with, and maybe you want to look at something else like Growmore. Maybe Canna ain't for you.
0: Yeah, and if you, I mean, yeah. in this modern age, also, like, I have no idea how to call Canna. I was looking the other day. I mean, try their 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 uh their their email help, and then keep in mind this is making me think, Scotty, if you're gonna call Growmore, you're probably gonna reach a secretary of a huge, massive agricultural company in California. So yeah, th- man, emails are the best way to do that shit,
2: man. You know, you email somebody like Jake, the guy's busy as hell, man, but usually has a time of the day where he responds to emails, man. So I, I learned just trying to contact all these companies. The phone is interruption based, man. So it's about the worst thing you can do to get a hold of folks.
0: I could be Grom- I'm Gromore's backup customer service. So dude grows. Well, that's
2: what they're all doing though, man. They're all letting their customer base be their customer support. Yeah. You know, customer
0: service. They're all letting, you know, crowd- what do they call crowdsourcing solutions. All right, moving on, moving on. Ten questions. Hit it up. All right, Scotty, you ready?
2: Yep, man, what you got? What's
0: up with chlorinated water and chloramines? This will be my fifth grow, and I'm an early vegetative with some Tahoe OG from seed. Question is, I just picked up some Recharge and have been using it with just straight tap water, and I can definitely see it working by the way of darker and larger green water leaves and an overnight growth spurt. But what's up with the microbes? And tap water. I checked my. I checked, and my municipality uses chloramines in the water. Should I buy a filter, and if so, carbon or RO, or, um, or am I okay with just using tap water? So I read all that pretty good. So I'm gonna take bets now. Yeah. I'm gonna take bets now, man. I'm <laughs> a, this is this is gonna be a, a errorless show, man. Perfect narration out of dude's mouth today. <laughs>
2: you even said the word narration. Awesome, man. You, all right, you're awesome, dude. Um, chlorine is is easily evaporated. So, if you just let chlorine sit for a few hours, most of the time it evaporates out. Chloramine is chlorine and ammonia mixed together, and it doesn't evaporate out even after weeks. um The good news is, man, that both of these are put in fairly low concentrations, like a few part i don't even think it's it's uh okay between point zero five and point zero nine parts per million of chlorine um that's like seventy times below uh the level that would hurt your plants, man, that would actually hurt microbes. Uh, the, the chlorine actually, and chloramine acts very similar way. It will affect microbes in the top little bit, you know, the top inch, top half inch of your soil. Uh, it will affect those microbes, man. But you go down a few inches, man, and you've got healthy microbial activity. So um, that's why anytime I'm trying to demo recharge with all the beneficials, I'll actually use tap water just to prove a point. Uh, in my own grow, I'm definitely really meticulous about using a carbon filter because, uh, you know, I just believe in that man. I believe that I don't want I don't want chlorine in my garden. It's maybe it's superstition. You know, looking at what the you know what the university will tell me they wow imagine that they're telling me everything's cool man don't worry about it but i'm still using a carbon filter man
0: yeah i mean for me it just comes down to what 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 means you have i mean ro water i don't like the wastewater situation um ro water a little more necessary maybe when you're a a hydro grower and you really want to know that you're starting from scratch but uh, if you, I mean, even if you get your water tested, there's factors that can change it. For example, there's, I believe there's a couple different reservoirs that drop down into Boulder, Colorado, and they switch up the water supply from the different reservoirs. And when they do that, growers, because this is Colorado and there's a lot of growers, were reporting, you know, they're seeing different fluctuations and, you know, things in their pH. Like, what well, this has always been at this. Why is it at this today? It's changing on me. So, right. Test your water, if you can, um, and know where you're at. Get a PPM. I'm like, I know after my water, I do the same as Scotty. I dechlorinate it with a carbon. It's called a – you go through a sediment and then a carbon filter. It's called a small boy filter. It does like 6,000 gallons. And uh, I
2: used a tall boy
0: myself. Exactly. And um, that brings it down to like 150 PPM on uh, parts per million in the water of just dissolved solids, I think is what it is. And then uh, – that's fine. those
2: dissolved solids are fucking hard to get out man because they're dissolved in the water they're a lot of times they're smaller than the water itself man so a carbon filter it likes to attract it actually attracts piece you know solids uh but a lot of things like minerals it's very hard for a carbon filter to get out so yeah if you're super concerned about minerals another thing carbon filter don't like to filter out so well is metals you know heavy metals so if you got arsenic or something like that in your water and you really need to clean that up then you gotta ro that water man
0: Yep. if anything just try and uh just try and dechlorinate it, and if uh, you know, you can't afford a filter right now or what have you, just if we're, at least bubble it. You know, I get an air pump. I used to always have a 40-gallon trash can of water bubbling just for whenever I needed but, to use water.
2: But bubbling only works if you got chlorine. You know what I actually did? I actually put a couple of articles up which I never do, but on dudegrows.com, I put a couple, of articles up. One is CSU clears up how tap water affects soil microbes. And then the other is a chlorine and chloramines list. So you can actually look and see if your municipality, uh, has chlorine or uses chlorine or chloramine and Fort Collins uses chlorine. So probably explains a few things of why, uh, My microbes do so well with the tap water around here.
0: Yeah, versus, you know, if you're in a suburb of Los Angeles or something or, I don't know, might be a different story. Should I look it up, man? Uh, No, you shouldn't. But anybody else can. (laughs) Let's go on to uh, question number three and four and whatever. I got, man. man. This this, this listener said, hey, you should really talk containers. I know the dude kind of poo-pooed it, (laughs) but you got to realize not everybody has the same freedom, space, and other stuff. My fave container to date is the Rope Tote, approximately 17-gallon, available from Walmart, Ace Hardware, and others, for about two-thirds the price of a nursery container of the same size at a hydro shop. Just, just drill the holes. Containers do deserve some time and thought. Keep on growing. So, um, first part, this is a two-part question, but first from thanks, Brent. Uh I know you know the one he's talking about. I see tons of girls with those. You know, they got the rope on either side, it's like a plastic container.
2: Nah, I'm thinking soap on a rope, man. No,
0: it's got two rope handles on each side of the plastic <laughs> container. Okay.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I dug this question because uh, we think alike, man. That's my favorite uh, container as well. I have, if you go outside during, at my shed, you'll see I always keep half a dozen of those on the ready, man.
0: Yeah, I, didn't, though I never knew, overthinking it, probably like, okay, is the plastic in the nursery pot more, like, is it more of a quality plastic for gardening or when I grow in those containers, like my, my roots eating some BPA or like some nasty plastic stuff, you know? I mean, it's kind of overthinking it probably, but
2: I just telling you that the plastic that the guys like nursery greenhouse plastic is like as cheap as it comes, man. So
0: they're not doing no BPA treating there. (laughs) Right on, right on, you know, like that's what I guess. One thing if I'm worried about, I should convince myself to lean towards the smart pots. But which I am in outside now. Yeah, man, somebody did tell me. I,
2: when I was at the uh the nursery a couple of years ago, I was getting some old plastic uh uh water collection vessels, you know, fifty five gallon drums, and I remember, you know, some of them had pesticide in there and I would ask the guys like what was in there and I said, Do you think if I clean it out real good enough, it's uh You know, it'd be good to keep drinking water in or, you know, irrigation water in. And everybody was like, anytime you've got plastic, plastic like holds, it's got all these little micro pores that just can hold and and be penetrated with, you know, whatever, whatever it's originally stored in, you know, or is originally stored in it. And they basically said, no, man. You know, like plastic has a memory and it holds a lot of chemicals in those pores. Yeah, I guess at this
0: point it's like, damn! Now you got me overthinking everything. My my rain barrel, (laughs) my rain barrel's plastic, and that's the water I use to water my garden. So my I watering into my garden plastic water, man, with chemical, you know, contaminants? I'm going to have to get a waterproof smart pot to keep my rainwater <laughs> in. <laughs>
2: I mean, who knows? And, I mean, we can't overthink this shit too much, man, or you'll end up living in a plastic bubble,
0: man. All right. On to the next part <laughs> of the container question. Uh, can you – and this is from a different listener, but and can you please explain nursery containers and pot sizes – Oftentimes, I hear you both refer to 10, 15, and 20-gallon pots. and was wondering if you were referring to a container number and not how many gallons by volume. As an example, I noticed a 5-gallon nursery container will not hold as much as a 5-gallon Home Depot bucket. Uh, yeah, I have to answer this all the time
2: at the nursery because I sell 3-gallon number 3 size is what it is. There's a number sign and then it says 3. That's supposed to signify 3-gallon, but we call them in the industry three gallon cheater pots. And what it is is a number three can be insured in the nursery industry as a three gallon pot, but it doesn't hold three gallons by volume. It's kind of a wink wink in the industry. A number three pot, I believe, is down to about two and a quarter gallons what it holds, but it can still be insured as a three gallon. that that's why they have those numbers on there.
0: Yeah, I didn't noticed. Um, I mean, I always if I sold a, a number ten um, nursery pot and I would call that a ten gallon container, and i'd get the you know the person into one a 1.5 cubic foot bag of soil which i'd say also is about a 10 gal but um yeah it's not an exact correlation i didn't even notice if i think uh 20 uh 20 gallon nursery pot holds exactly 20 gallons of soil no i don't know if it's less or more but uh good point very detailed listener
2: yeah so, well, smart pots are I think, I don't really think they're made for commercial nurseries. I really think they're made for the hydroponics industry. So I think they've got true gallon ratings on there. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And getting back to the other guys, uh, talking about containers and I feel like we did too much container talking, but, uh, those 17 gallon containers with the ropes on each side, what I used to do with them is make hempy buckets out of them. So I just go take a, you know, it's really soft. You don't even need a drill for those. You can use a freaking pocket knife or something and you just take a you go up about two inches you ain't know, got to be exact and you just take a little pocket knife and you poke a little hole in there you know big enough to where about two-thirds of an inch I'd say the size of a pencil and what you want is then you take chunky prolite and you just fill it up to that hole right there and so that way the prolite can't come out but some water can and then you just take coco core and put it on top of that and that's a 16, 17-gallon hempy bucket. I've pulled two and a half pounds out of a plant that I've grown out of, a, out of a hempy bucket that size before. So, I mean, you can literally, you're set up to grow monsters now. And that little bottom part works as a little reservoir. It holds, you know, maybe a half gallon of water, gallon of water in there,
0: and it sucks it up through the day, man. All right. Well, since you got into the hempy before we take, before we have a bong, bong alert, bong-a-thong coming up, um. Oh, I just said bong-a-thon. That's uh, probably, like, patented. That's actually, like, a pretty big competition here in Colorado. I think, yeah, if anybody's heard of it. I I don't know if it already happened or not, but it's, like, it can be a competition. I think it's teams of four, and it's how many, you know, first team of four to finish an ounce using a bong, which is kind of rough. Damn. Yeah, I don't know about the bong, man. That's, yeah, I could, uh, I just want to go, like,
2: Highest overall THC levels, man. You know, like we have to do like math problems, you know, like some crazy THC level, <laughs> man, that
0: competition. All right. Well, since you talked the hempy bucket, the hempy bucket,
2: um, we had a. I actually want to find a competition where I, I can compete against sober drivers and I just have to like, keep on smoking and smoking and smoking and just fucking outdrive them over and over again, man. Can we do that?
0: sure open course some pass, you know all right fuck yeah man (laughs) fuck yeah hey dude and scotty what's growing on question about hempy buckets i grow in a three to one perlite vermiculite vermiculite i said vermiculite i already screwed it up Is vermiculite a real word good man man vermiculite mix (laughs) in a five gallon homer bucket so uh that would be three parts perlite and one part vermiculite i believe
2: in a 5 gallon bucket. Will oh, that yeah, media man.
0: support a, support good Mike O'Brial life. I use Maxi Bloom as my base and a few other GH additives. I plan to grow I plan to use Grow More SeaGrow um, for veg and flower when I'm out of Maxi Bloom. I will also be using Grow More's Jump Start, cal Mendocino Fuego, Mendocino Avalanche, and of course, a recharge. Actually, he had like Four explanation points after that, so I guess I should satisfy you. It says, and of course, a recharge. I also got a, a man. I also got a sample kit uh, from Optic Foil that I'll be using. Nice. Anything else that you can recommend to use along with this? The strains are run Blue Dream and Pre ninety eight Bubba and Animal Cracker. Haven't heard of that one yet. That's from Dutch Bucket Ray, man. Dutch Bucket Ray. So uh, I
2: love it, man. He he seems to know something we don't know about the media there because I'm not used to. I'm used to hempy buckets, which are uh, cocoa core on top and then a little layer where it's going to sit in the water, having a couple inches of perlite on the very bottom. So I'm not used to mixing. Looks like he's got vermiculite and perlite in a Dutch bucket going all the way up. Um, I'm not really sure exactly about that, man. But I don't, you know, I don't really. I think that would support. Uh, Mycorrhizae growth, because mycorrhizae grows on the roots. You got roots and you got darkness. So mycorrhizae will grow there. I don't know that there's enough space to grow a really great microbial population of soil biology. Soil biology wants something soil-like to live in. It can live in coco coir. That's my preferred uh, media. And it could live in some coco coir mixed in with some perlite and vermiculite. But I would prefer to have something for it to grow on, like some coco coir. It very well might grow on the vermiculite
0: yeah i think it uh, would. I would i mean i'm not the soil biologist but yeah why not
2: i yeah it very well might man like i said I, I don't grow that style man so if you do and you have an awesome success you let us know about it
0: i mean bacteria can grow on your upper lip man it can grow anywhere scotty all right yeah but your
2: upper lip isn't a piece of
0: you know basically dry popcorn you know,
2: <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I mean, that dry I mean that, that, popcorn, huh? That's the perlite the, you're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that soil—it's got plenty of surface area and it is somewhat porous, but it's just not soil. It's perlite, man.
0: Yeah, but then they, we've said biochar is like a bio, a, a coral reef for your soil biology.
2: Yes, definitely. But biochar is made out of labile carbon. You know, it's made out of carbon. It's ready to go, ready to be eaten. Um, I don't know that. Uh, um, you know, you know that that is going to be the same case with perlite or vermiculite. Right on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, and that's a big that's a big question mark, man.
0: Uh, as far as he's saying what he's using, I dig it all. The Fuego is great. Um, a lot of micronutrients and just it's a, a good product to cover that you know your plants getting everything it needs. The Avalanche for flower flower hardening uh, and the Recharge money. I would suggest he adds because uh, it's a great value and it's part of their line already the um biocozyme because you don't have an enzyme listed in there that'd be great uh great for your roots great for your root zone as well as just adding an enzyme into your mix i've always used enzymes you guys know i'm a fan of them um and yeah man it sounds like it's an awesome uh i guess is that all is dutch dutch bucket another another terminology for hempy bucket i haven't looked that up dutch bucket yeah red. i have
2: i have heard of dutch buckets before i don't know that uh you know i'm familiar with hempy bucket and the hempy you know I, that guy hempy was online he was on some forums back in the day and he would tell you he'd be like dude, just freaking i don't know why this works i can just tell you it works so you can do it you can try to change it whatever but this system works man and it was the cocoa with the perlite on the bottom and a five gallon bucket with a hole in it man Word and 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 you can scale that up or down, man. You can go scale that down to a coffee can with a hole in it and grow something small, or scale it up to one of those big seventeen-gallon rope totes, you know, and put put the hole in that, man. So that's what's cool about these things. The
0: soap on a rope still. Uh, I was wondering. That's product. what it made me think of, man. It's still kicking. This... Yeah, as long as there's folks going to jail, there's gonna be soap on a rope, man. <laughs> All right. Look at you—the with stand-up, stand-up routine. Funny, and it it's—I oh, was being serious. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a break here, man. We'll be right back. I got to—I uh, got to grab a sip of agua, and uh, yeah, to- I don't know, not no bong alert yet. We'll just play a little, little, little parody for you guys. We'll be right back, man. We got plenty more grow time. What's up? Sometimes that bong alert freaks me out
2: right? <laughs> right? in the grow room. I'll be listening to the show, and like, smoking a oh, dude. The
0: bong alert comes on, man trips me out man all right fine what up king marijuana coming at you guys all right that's what i'm talking about we'll be right back Fire it up Fire it up Fire it up Fire it up All right man, hold on Uh let's go to the next question and um I do need to pack a little more in this bowl here. Um this guy, okay, we hit the hempy buckets. Um, all right, we got we got a hey dude and scatty. Hope you're all well. Love the show and listen all the time. So we finally have a grow question. I'm going to relocate to a med state. And this state allows, he says, two plants in flour and six in veg and only allowed to have two ounces. So of dried flour in possession. Um, he says in parentheses, maybe I can do some hash and flour. I don't know. Here's his question. How would I set up for a room from scratch that a way I can utilize my time and space and produce enough bud, yet not too much? I'm guessing that the room will have to be built out in the basement so the dimensions of the room itself are open to suggestion. Having that said, um, in this particular state, man, they're being real real vague. (laughs) But it's not that vague. I mean, it's a state, a med state. So in this particular state that I'm talking about may go full legal by the time I move up there. So I don't want to make it too small and have to change things. So he goes, told you this wasn't an easy one. We'll, we'll touch on some of it. Um, he wants to grow uh, in, uh, in with 315s in flower and maybe just T5s and veg. And to make matters more tricky, he says he wants to have one of the plants in indica and one in sativa. So, uh, Sounds realistic, man. I dig it. Yeah, it, it's from Mr. Mr. Mina. You uh, he heard us talking earlier about the 315s. Definitely, I have no problem with running those. They are going to be... A little bit hotter than if you were able to run air cooled lighting. Now, people, when I tell you about running air cooled lighting and how cool and efficient it can be, I was talking with Dr. Jay the other day about setting up air cooled lighting um, at a location that was shared rooms, right? And the only access to get air from was up in the attic where everybody's using it. So he's not able to pull, like the air he's pulling through his hoods would probably be like, I don't know, 80, maybe upwards in the 90 degrees in the summer. In that sense, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say air-cooled lighting is, like, ultimately efficient. But when you're running your lights at night and you can pull cool air through your hoods, it runs great. T- or The 315s are going to get a little bit warmer for you, so make sure you have AC or air exhaust to handle that. Otherwise, I would be running them, man. So uh, we really haven't had any bad reports about those, period. So. Definitely,
2: definitely. I mean, I will tell you that I am excited about these LEDs, man. And I've been on some like little groups where these guys are making their own LEDs and the technology is, is really insane. So even if you don't, you know, that Spectrum King is a cool out of the box solution. There's tons of guys that are making them for a few hundred bucks as well and putting together the drivers and the, and the diodes and putting a fan to them. It's not that complicated. So might be something to look at as well. Uh, this looks like a perfect captain-style grow situation right here. I mean, the captain is growing what five plants and getting a pound per month off those five plants. Yeah, and he's using three six hundreds. I think for starters, if I, if and something like that, you could just expand it out if you wanted. If I was, you know, but he's using no mother plants. He's using no, you know, very very little veg time. You know, he's not sitting there with separate veg plants. I mean, that is about as plant efficient as you can get.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, if he wants to go with the 315s, what i do, you don't have to start super big, of course. Um, it does say here he is, he's going to run the full gamut, charcoal filter, air conditioning, dehumidifier, CO2. So he'll, he'll have all the environmental control he needs. Um, start with two 315s, you know, so those you can have an indica, you know, plant under one. You can have your sativa plant under the other and make sure, you know, that way you can raise them both up and down. That's another nice feature. of The 315s, they're independent units. There's no air Cool ducting, so one can be way down, one could be up higher. Uh, and then T5 8 bulb and veg, I would run those power veggies from Hortilux. uh actually had uh, somebody, a salesman over at the Central Way to Grow, tell me that if people getting into those are like, man, I don't know if I want to buy, I forgot how much the power veggies are, but all eight of them, you know, it gets pretty expensive. Just even if you run them every other bulb, it adds really good UV spectrum in an 8 bulb, you know, 4 bulb, a little bit more minimum, but still. Those lights have been doing good for me. I've been running them now for like a month, and uh, I, I like that. We actually just got a grow set up like this. They were doing the 315s for VEG, uh, and then – no, sorry, 315s for part of the flower and then the uh, power veg T5s because they, they don't have a hiccup at all going from that T5 lighting into HID lighting, and that's, it's been working sweet. So, rambling yeah, on, man, I don't know what to tell you about. The state says you can have two ounces of dried flour. Colorado does the same thing. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is here. You can only have so much, man. We'll let you grow up to six plants and flower, but you can only have this much. And th- those kinds of things are just, if you get into trouble, worked out with a good attorney. I mean, typically... I can say anybody's really out to get you unless you're doing something, you know. So it's kind of hard to be a a grower unless you're growing because you can't time. Oh, I only wanted that plant to have that much weight on it. Oops. You know what I mean? So you just got.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I think a lawyer could always help you out with, oh, I was going to break that out. That wasn't finished product yet. That was about to be broken down into concentrates for medicine, you know. And I think a, a lawyer, you can have a leg to stand on if you get, you know, have a little bit too much flour. If you're going to process it down, that's one strategy people use sometimes. Yeah.
0: And when these states are going uh, full on illegal and things like that, I mean, growing, growing your own, sticking within the state laws, usually people aren't out to get you. They got enough shit to worry about enough warehouses that aren't even legit and black market craziness going on. So, but
2: yeah, don't, don't do anything dumb. Don't get caught selling weed or they'll come knocking on your door. There you go. Other than that. You know, don't freaking punch out your neighbor. This will come too. All
0: right. Let's see what we got here. We got a, uh, I wanted to pick out uh, here this email gentleman, Ohio. No, Oh Higo. O-H- it's Ohigo oh, instead of Ohio. Ohigo, oh, Tom, man. What up? What up? He bra- he sent in his, uh, uh, what's Oh Are you sure? Oh, oh yeah,
2: man. That's oh, hi, man. Oh, hi. Like I'm high. Oh,
0: man, dude
2: holy shit man. i
0: really blew it dude nobody bet on my but look but look at that you could say it like that you could say oh Higo, okay that's how that's how it's probably pronounced. If you're the
2: if you're the dude man something tells me man this is gonna launch a back wish
0: or a, a back wish. look at you man it's all screwed up now
2: oh my god man we gotta stop smoking so much weed before we do this show man it's gonna a backlash of uh memes man oh Higo. Wayne. Well, he
0: says, "Sup, dude." And Scott T, and he, he he puts you, Scott, with T E A. You like that? Pretty unique, man. I like that, man. I like that because I'm loyal to the soil, yo. And a- a- aka the pot fathers. That's a little too much, but thank you. Listen, look forward to other sh- every show. You guys are doing an amazing job. And uh, <laughs> anyone and to anyone out there who ain't recharging it up, get on that shit. All right. Uh, he wants us to critique his setup, his new game and stuff. I wanted to pick a little bit out of here. Uh, what was I mentioning on? His uh, e- his environment here, man, his lighting. Now I remember. So, right. You know, sealed room. Um, he's got 1,000-watt HPS and metal halide, both in one bulb. Interesting bulb, by the way. Wondering if you've seen one or both a high-pressure sodium and metal halide fixture in the same bulb casing. He says it's a 400-watt um for veg and then i believe 600 watt hps that's the Hortilux, like dual arc I forgot the name of right. it, but it'll have uh yeah
2: a super blue man isn't it
0: no super blues they're vegetative straight halide blue ultra vegetative light super something man it's their dual arc bulb uh and it is basically um yeah 600 watt hps i believe in 400 watt metal halide element in the same bulb pretty spendy I think it's pretty fucking cool, really. I mean, I like it. I've never had an application for it. It reminds me of back in the day, and people still do this. It used to be, or it might still be those hoods. Maybe it was like the Grazilla or something. There's a hood where you could put two ball, a big hood, right? And you could put one bulb in from one side and one bulb in from the other side. So you could put in a thousand watt HPS and a thousand watt halide. And I was like, man, that's actually, I kind of like that, man. I like that to have and if it, like those big hoods that I've been saying bad shit about if I had a triple XL raptor whatever um I would like that hood if I could run two bulbs in it and I know there's they're designing hoods like what if you're running the 315 630 fixture and you have the two different cuz there's two different bulb spectrums in the 315 right there's a flower and a veg I believe Yep. so that's kind of cool i'm all about mixing spectrums just makes me feel like we're getting you know all ends of it i got i'm always doing it in my grow where i'm running a halide at a certain point and then go to an hps and then i mix in a little bit of led light nothing fancy uh just because i haven't gotten there yet or can't afford it that's whatever or can't afford it yet i'm sure a lot of people feel the same as me there but what do you think man would you run two lights in one one this- hood First
2: off, it is called the Super Blue. I Googled it. The Hortelux Super Blue. And it's got a 600 watt and a 400 watt together. Metal halide and high pressure sodium. Um, I used to think these things were the coolest things since sliced bread, man. I would always wanted these. And I just found out they're, what, about 165 170 bucks per bulb. And I just asked around and nobody seems to use them. And if nobody's, you know, or I shouldn't say nobody. Not a lot. The big commercial guys don't seem to use them. So... Uh, I bet you would do good for just a tent, you know, a one or a two off situation. So I'd, I'd love to test one in a, as far as that goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of those things that it's definitely cool. Just haven't used it, but I like it, man. Make sure you're, you're keeping track, as I always say, your bulb hours. me, you know, I write on the box on mine, guys, is I just pull. If I got to pull a bulb out and I'll just put used one flower cycle. Like dating it doesn't always work for me because my bulbs don't aren't always in operation when i change out to use metal halide at the very end of flowering you know and i mark that box used two weeks and just keep that's how i'm keeping track because i'm changing bulbs in and out i can't just go by the 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 date on the bulb
2: yeah that's a good idea man you're right man i just changed my hordeluxes out a couple days ago and it feels kind of shitty changing bulbs out that look perfectly good but i did uh side-by-side mine are probably i did slack on this room i'd say they're about eight months old and i could see a difference man i replaced the first bulb and turned it on and just straight up with brightness i don't normally say that but straight up with brightness i could see a difference man i was like fuck i need to change these bulbs bad (laughs) yeah just by putting in one yeah yeah it looked different i was like whoa
0: that's what it's supposed to look like there you go (laughs) but i like that man i like that setup um and uh i i just went through your nutrient uh your nutrient picks here and i'll just pick one thing i'd tell you to change as i've said before in the show your hygrozyme uh good product i would suggest biocozyme from Growmore. save some monies there I like your azimax uh, it looks like everything else is is pretty dialed you got the yes. recharge working in there Calmag, and foliar spraying man your environment sounds sweet so right on mr Miner. uh
2: get that silica in very consistently. I've actually read some peer reviewed research on silica and there's definitely uh, benefits uh, as to where it thickens the the cell walls and it, it just makes the plant more, uh, first off more rigid and more resistant to insect penetration, man. But it needs to be uh, watered in every single time you water silica does, or at least that's how they recommend. And that's how it's tested effective. So it, Needs to be watered inconsistently. So if you're just doing it once a week, maybe think about putting your silica in a couple times a week
0: or any time you water. Word. All right. Let's roll on. We're uh, hammering through the grow talk hammer sticks. All right. <laughs> Should I uh, go to the next one? <laughs> Tommy Noble. <laughs> any any opinion? Any opinion? This is from TDD. Any opinion on age old organics? I've been using it for my first grow. I do like it, but I got. I don't have anything to compare to it, as it's the only nutrient I've ever tried. I grow, I, n- I use their grow, a kelp, silica, CalMag, and recharge. Trying to plan bloom now, and any input would be appreciated. Keep doing what you guys are doing. So, my only experience with old I used to suggest them and like them in an, e- an economical position, affordable nutrients. Right. Uh, the the bloom i did have a little bit of a comparison when i i used their bloom and then uh it was also using the general organic organics products out of their sample kit like the general the bio thrive and all that sure. definitely more tasty herb so this is like when it's time for you you know to play if you're going if you've used their bloom and you know what it's doing for you when you go into bloom this time change that and only that change just the base bloom so you can have an idea And I would go to something, uh, I mean, you know the ones we've suggested on the show as far as I I like the soil synthetics, uh, General Organics BioThrive Bloom, Um, the tea, actually Botanic air has got a good base bloom for soil. And man, I think, uh, I don't know, I don't want to talk trash on the, the bloom from age old, but you got to try something else sometimes to know. Maybe that could have just been a sheer strain thing. Maybe that strain didn't like Age Old's bloom, but I haven't used it in a long time. So
2: I just look at price point on Age Old. I used to recommend Age Old and I use it around my house as far as it's a cool, you know, organic ish solution for, uh, you know, for my shrubs and my lawn and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't mind them. I just see the price point that they're competing at and there's no way that they can be. Yeah, I just, there's different types of products that that you bring to the market and that's a very low uh you know low price point product man so they can't afford the kind of quality ingredients that go into some of these other products so if i'm got my choice for something that i'm going to be actually smoking and inhaling i want the cleanest product i can possibly find man so that's when i'm going to pay more for it so that's why i use you know canna and grow more and and shit like that man if i'm just you know growing stuff you know even for my vegetable garden man i know that seems a little bit different here but i'm not smoking i'm not li- i'm not lighting it up and smoking it you know i'm ingesting it yes but you know for something like that i would use uh age old but it's just uh i know that they use uh lesser quality or i don't know i'm sorry i suspect that they use lesser quality inputs because they can't afford to for that price point
0: word all right good review good review Again, next one i am and jason boulder jason a couple questions uh Getting to here from last week, but I really like him, man. uh... Yeah,
2: yeah. Then we run into Boulder Boulder Jason over at uh, Canacon, man. Yes,
0: Canacon. He's hanging out, uh, working the booths, checking out the industry, coming up with a million ideas. That's what I think.
2: Yeah, I like guys like that, man. So he says, because I
0: actually have wondered this too. Should I uh, pH adjust my foliar sprain? I know that general burning can occur in the event of high potency solutions. Lately, I've been pHing my foliar to around 6.4, similar to where I keep my newts, and it seems to work well, but is there an ideal foliar pH? Uh, I know now, you know, using Danisha's stuff, when I'm using optic foliar, uh, I don't think there's a suggested pH range on there. Don't need to pH, I have, and I don't pH any of my spray solutions to be honest with you. I don't know if I should be. Do you know Scotty?
2: I don't either. I'm thinking about it. I didn't even think about that being an option.
0: Some products have directions to pH their, uh, their sprays. So maybe that's what gets it on the radar, but unless it was like way the hell, I don't know. I've never, you know, I, I like if I, I should see, I should see when I'm using that Bonide eight every once in a while. You don't like what is the pH of that? But uh, or when It's it, a poison. The pH with that is I'm killing everything, so it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. Yeah, good, exactly. <laughs> well, then maybe I'll check the next pH of my kelp and Azimac spray. As
2: far as pH and the recharge to go on there or any kind of, uh, you know, aerated compost tea. I mean, I guess aerated compost teas have to be in a specific range or pH range. But as far as recharge goes, man, you're just throwing those microbes on as a, a competitive thing to, to compete when pathogenic microbes come on there. They're kind of just taking up space. Um, so I wouldn't think they would need to be heavily uh, pHed. You're not trying to, you know, uh, the optic foliar and the, the other products are actually getting it into the plant. So I don't think you're trying to have it at a perfect pH. To pen- it's not like it has to. The pH is for penetrating plant roots and for being absorbed through plant roots. Plant roots only want to absor- uh, absorb specific nutrients at specific pHs. But that's not the
0: case for leaves as far as I know. Right on, especially for using the transport to get it in the mesophyll layer. I don't know if the, that.
2: Uh- I thought there was an ick on the end. I thought it was mesophilic layer. Sure,
0: sure. That's fine. There you go, all right, uh, he says i'm finishing up my veg cycle, and I'm a few days away from going into flower. What are some factors I can account for during the dark cycle to prepare my environment for ideal conditions? This almost sounded like it was a uh, like he knows the answer it's just a trick question, not trick, but interesting questions. People usually don't think <laughs> about um, what's going on in their room when their lights are off they're not in there, they typically don't care i shouldn't say everybody I mean growers can be very analytical. But man, yeah, for your, when your lights are off, uh, you want a dehumidifier, ideally in a sealed room. Unless you're always still exhausting that room, like you got a can fan ripping air out of it, my de- my humidity skyrockets. You know, it gets up to upper seventies when the lights go off. Builds, 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 um, and just having the dehumidifier totally handles it. It keeps my humidity where it needs to be, which is usually I want it below fifty. I usually get it down to like forty percent because I don't want you know you're gonna create um, like a you know bad environment i don't know if i want to say it's going to increase the chances of powdery mildew but you don't want it that humid just for your dark cycle problems can't occur yeah definitely Agreed. temperature swings as well in some gross situations trying not to have the temperature swing like more than you know 10 degrees although my temperatures can really swing i, I sometimes debate this because my outdoor plants the temperatures swing like crazy you go from
2: yeah, I like nighttime temperatures to go a lot lower, man. At least ten degrees lower, if I had my choice. I heard some
0: other growers say that that you know that can like huge temperature swings are more likely to bring on powdery mildew, but I'm not I'm not sure why. So, and it, my my indoor garden does swing more than that. Yeah, it goes down to you know at nighttime probably in the winter it swings a lot, but not a ton. Probably fifteen degrees now on the indoor, but outdoors like yeah, thirty five I mean- degrees.
2: That's what I'm saying, man. And we're supposed to be mimicking mother nature here.
0: Yes, I am father nature. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got going on? Let's hook it up over to Steven. Um, this, he's been trying to, it's kind of interesting, you know, Wants to recycle a lot of stuff, organic matter, have not much waste from the growing, even down to recycling his fan leaves and stem and soil. He's using happy frog. And he was wondering if you guys can do a segment on, like, what is needed to actually break down the soil. I would love to learn more about that. And I've read the Reb's book, True Living Organics, but I first read it from a High Times mag, and it was titled Recycled Organic Living Soils. It sounds like they just took it off the Reb and pasted it. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, ever since, I have been trying to live a more organic life for myself and my plants. So this just reminded me, like, obviously, we, we've talked plenty about i mean i would say of course using microbes helps right but if he's trying to do something like he wants to break down fan leaves and stems and all that like maybe he's recycling his soil to outside or something uh, yeah you know man the best thing i think for
2: him to research is bokashi and i can see if og dirtbag will help us out he, i know he's an expert at this and he's always talking to me about bokashi composting and he says that uh it will just just about break down anything you know, and you start this compost and he said he's literally putting like animal bones in there and they're breaking it down. You know, it's insane. So it's just like a real aggressive compost. I would think that's probably the best thing for him to research and, and try if he's trying to break
0: things down like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, going with, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to reuse the soil. Scotty's talked about, you know, he definitely reuses his cocoa. I grow still and typically uh, man, I grow in a few different things, but currently outdoors is root 707 mix and indoors I think is I think is the same. It's like a cocoa peat mix, a little bit of all everything in there. Uh, but I don't I could reuse that It's probably a little bit harder than maybe just a straight cocoa mix, uh, but because I think the cocoa might break apart a little bit better in my mind at least as I'm visualizing it. But what do you mean? Um Like when you take out a, a, if you have a five gallon, you just harvested a five gallon pot uh, plant, and you grab the stem and pull the root ball out, and you need to break. Oh, it falls. Yeah, it falls out. I nice, think the cocoa man. probably does better than like the peat mix and stuff I have going on. But I recycle all my stuff too, because I have you know plenty of peppers, tomatoes. If it's the winter time, I got a soil pile going outside that yeah, I use to top dress yeah. my yard. Like there's so many places I can use it outdoors. It just bent. The dude is raising sea level, man. Yes, one container yes. at a time. You fall in my yard. It's like a soil <laughs> sponge. <True>. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, yeah. So yeah. Check that bokashi. Actually, I should look into that, man. I wouldn't mind getting a little bit of a compost uh, a pit started. I guess I can't call it a pit container.
2: I'll see. I'll see a Og Dirtbag will write a guest post for us about bokashi composting. Word. Word. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. All right.
0: So before we... Hey,
2: by the way, man, real quick, I, I uh, ordered the Rev's book myself, man. I'm hoping he'll come on the show and talk to us a little bit. But the Rev's book, the uh, True Living Organics, is really cool. Um, yeah, it seems really interesting anyway. I like the style. I saw a video about it. Uh, and then me and Ray Embarcadero have been talking on Google Hangouts, man. So we might have to do a, a little bit of organic talk with him. We're talking about getting... Uh, getting together and, and doing a little Google hangouts talking about organics and uh TLO. So anybody's interested in that, you should reach out to us.
0: Yeah, are we supposed to get um <clears throat> talking about like a show announcement, uh maybe Aubrey from Grow Light up on the show this week or I don't know if it's gonna be Aubrey or uh,
2: another guy from there. I think Mike might come on too or either. But one of those guys is going to come on and just talk general lighting. These guys are so cool about just answering questions like, uh, you know, they're, they're all over the place. They come from commercial lighting. So they've got three They've got uh, horizontal fixtures and vertical fixtures. I actually reached out to them when we had that question uh, about the guy that wanted to, to check out a new hood. Uh, and we recommended the vertical hood so we can talk horizontal and vertical. Um, we can talk these double-ended fixtures, which are really interesting. And they're, they're not like, they're really cool folks, man. They're industrial lighting people. They're not about pushing their product.
0: Uh, so I think we're going to have a really cool conversation about lighting, man. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I'm down. I'm also trying to get a hold of uh, Hordelux, man. I got to, without getting into it too much, I've been mean, walking around that Cannecon show. There's all kinds of lighting going on. And I know, I mean, I don't know, but Horlux, I want to see what's up their sleeve, man. They got to be getting ready to release a few different products, I'm assuming, because they're, I mean, I know they're very content with the HID bulbs they have and that are made here in the USA with their, I guess I would call it custom, I don't know custom gas man we, we got two great interviews too we got to get access to these to these listeners we'll have to figure out where we can put those up for you guys to hear i think uh, way to grow might have them up on their facebook soon so regardless um yeah i want to see what they got coming because i know they're working on stuff that's got to be you know they're, they're not going to sit back and let all these de bulbs and not have you know anything in the game so i'm telling you man that led is where the whole world is
2: going once they start switching the super bowl stadiums over to led man it's all all over man that's where the research is being put into because you're starting with more efficiency right off the bat man. you're starting with 60 units of light and 40 units of heat as opposed to the opposite you know yeah 40 units of of you know just don't make any sense man so i can't see any other technology other than led being developed in the future
0: Word. I agree. Well, let's hit the last question, man, because uh, and bear with me, guys. There's a little bit of stuff in here we've covered, but I, I would like to be able to read it out. I try to email everybody back and tell them who I'm going to be discussing on the show and get to everybody's questions. So this is uh, from uh, another fan in Oregon here, and he says, recently I've discovered the podcast and I've been on a dude gross marathon of sorts for the past several weeks. Love you guys and love the show. Now on to my questions. I'm an outdoor medicinal grower on my podcast, fourth season after listening to several podcasts and did what any responsible and educated grower would do and bought me some recharge q yeah man goes, q lightning bolt <laughs> all right as well as a few other choice products from real com. i grow in so scott did you write this one
2: <laughs> i didn't but i want to stop you and say thank you my friend we work our ass off here and you show your support by uh going to real growers and doing what you can for us man we appreciate the shit out of it Thank you. How can he I help? He grows in
0: soil and peat. And he's been using Botanicare Pure Blend. I use the their grow and bloom uh, when appropriate, and also the Liquid Karma and uh, Calmag throughout the entire grow, except during flush. Cool. My question is, how to incorporate these new products I just purchased into my feed regimen? As mentioned, you got recharge. As well as the following grow more products jumpstart, fish and seaweed, biocozyme, easy wet, and mendocino avalanche. And he goes, Obviously the avalanche is a bud hardener, so that would be applied to the soil during the last few weeks of flowering right before the flush. What about the others? Um Fuck yeah, man.
2: I'd use all these products, man. So I can tell you how I use them if you want, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, start off. We how you know we know how you all use right. the recharge. What is it?
2: All right recharge a little bit with every every time you water just use a little bit of recharge you can use a teaspoon and two gallons works Uh, a little heavier never hurt nobody but i'm more looking at the all these grow more questions right here man that jump start that fish and seaweed that biocozyme and that easy wet all go together to make an awesome foliar and veg and early flowering as soon as you get uh Sometimes you might want to take the fish and seaweed out if you're in flowering, you know, but I would say up till about week three, uh, I would use a flowering. I would use jumpstart, fish and seaweed, biocozyme, a little bit of recharge and and about 10 mils of the easy wet. You know, the rest, I would say you could use like five mils per gallon of everything. All right. Well, then I'll take it for
0: watering Um, in, man. You can just write up. Add, add the Biocozyme as your enzyme to your current Botanic Carrot package, if you will. I,
2: hey, real quick about that Biocozyme, you remember what Jake said week one and week two? You want to use it as a foliar in flowering. So, just a little FYI. i do
0: have, I was saving it. Yeah. A report about that working well from Unpacking UG. Um, he was trying to, you know, reduce stretch and get closer internodal spacing. And he really, it's. Noticed it it worked, and I know he's in a tight spot with not a lot of vertical uh stretch room left between his canopy and the bulbs. So, definitely week one and two, you're saying probably like a uh, a teaspoon per quart.
2: Uh, that might even be heavy. I'm not, you know, what I'll I'll confirm, man. It was probably on that last drop in science, and it's on
0: we got to go to have a list, it's on the bottle too. But I biocozine, I water in all the time at five mils per gallon. I, I think that's way more than the label. I don't know, it works well for me and the yeah that's a lot more than a teaspoon per quart five mils per gallon
2: is a a teaspoon five mils is a teaspoon yeah per gallon i do a teaspoon per gallon yeah i don't do a teaspoon yeah no well that was for a a foliar
0: spray is what i was saying but i'm not positive so double check it yes i just do five mils per gallon uh even in foliar and then the only
2: thing i'll go heavy on sometimes is the easy wet if i've got spider mite pressure there you
0: go fish and seaweed you could use I you could use it two ways. I would use it. I alternate it in. Sometimes I won't use my bass. I would take out maybe your your. Uh your, your botanic air grow and use that fish and seaweed, especially in veg with the watering?
2: I've done it both. I've done it both ways, man. I've definitely done it with just fresh water. And then I've gotten lazy and just dipped the uh, foliar canister that I'm going to spray just in my reservoir. Like been in a rush and just done that. So it's had all the base nutrient, had all the A and B and biocozyme in there. And then I just threw a little bit of recharge, a little bit of uh, uh, easy wet. And, you know, whatever, you know, seaweed or, or kelp and fish, whatever I'm going to put in there. So I've done it both ways, and I have not burnt my plants yet. So. If you
0: notice, the fish and seaweed will definitely drop your pH. Use the silica, man. If you have the silica to raise it, that's what I do. And it usually, sometimes even out, I don't need any pH up and down. So
2: Hey, man, it's weird that you said that. It's like you fucking read my mind or something, man. The only time I ever have burnt my plants is when I went too hot with the silica. That's the only thing I have found that will burn my plants in foliar
0: interesting, yeah too much silica on the foliar I don't know if it was he just straight up too much
2: silica. it was a reaction with something else, uh, but I just remember that I tried you know I was trying silica as a foliar as an experiment, and I immediately stopped because it burnt the shit out of my plants the first time I tried it
0: and don't forget when we're talking about all these nutrients and using them typically i mean unless if your plant is unbelievably ultra superman aggressive usually you could feed them all the time you don't want to feed full strength all the time though never a harm to go in one way to do it actually I call it light feeding you know if I'll go in and my gardens dry everything's working it's you know chugging along but I know they're really thirsty I'll go in and just straight up water my garden through with either water on its own pH adjusted like if I know this container like half watering though like this container my 20 gallon is an example or number 20 nursery pots, is uh, that thing can take like four gallons. So I'll go in, I'll give it two gallons of water and maybe just biocozyme only. I'll hang out for a while, let that soak in, let the plant get nice and hydrated. Then I'll go back and I'll give it a pretty good feeding. So that's a way to kind of light feed. And, And I'm just saying, don't forget, you don't need to feed, 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 feed. Never bad, just to give it a light feed or just even a plain water feed. Or maybe that's the time you want to use recharge only. So there's ways to alternate it up in your schedule.
2: Yeah, I know I'll sound like a recharge salesman, but, dude, I use it. all the Anytime I'm doing a fresh water, fuck yeah, I put a little recharge in there. You know, it's almost all microbes, man. You know, some kelp in there, but it's almost all microbes, man. So,
0: hell yeah, I like to throw that shit. oh I just scrolled down, and there's one more, one more here. I forgot about uh, Come on, man. I'm just
2: getting started, Ziggy man.
0: Ziggy Wiggler. Says uh hey, guys, is the fan supporter? Ziggy, what's uh, up, man? What's up? A huge fan and supporter of the show. I rep you to any grower who will listen. Um, he says, because of you guys, I've used Nectar for the Gods and just bought a Spectrum King LED. Can't wait. I'm only telling this because he goes on Reddit, which I, I, dude doesn't know what Reddit is. So... <laughs>
2: I think, that's, I think that's awesome.
0: And search Spectrum King and see nobody commenting or using it, except one guy in Canada who just ordered his, like me. But when he said he used the Dude SK, that would be Dude Spectrum King, coupon code, I knew he was a listener to the show and by proxy a serious grower. Anyhow... Scott just said how a local hydro shop just started carrying recharge, and you know where this is going. I'm going to get a bottle and send it to this guy, to the guy in Canada. And he goes, Is there a problem with this, right? Do I have to worry about it or what's going on? So, anyway, love the show. Keep them coming. Um, And now he says he's going to, with all the heat savings, he'll become a legit member of the DGC. Thanks, Ziggy, man. Ziggy Wiggler. What's going on with recharge Canada?
2: Dude, man. uh I was approved via Amazon for international shipping, man. So I believe recharge is about to go worldwide, man. For $100. Um. (laughs) I don't know how they work it, man. I just use Amazon because it's really anonymous and it just shows up from some random amazon sorting facility or distribution facility yeah. or fulfillments facility that's what they call them but um yeah lately i've been really trying to get this out to some people man i got so many folks in the uk and folks in uh in canada want to try recharging it hurts you know i do this show so i can hook people up man and it hurts to have to tell people no so uh yeah i just researched it with amazon and like I said, I have been approved for international shipping. So within the next few days, maybe give it a week. Uh, you should see a, uh, recharge for sale uh, in your country, wherever it is, man. And let me know, man. Take some pictures with recharging in foreign countries. I want to <laughs> know how that shit's how that shit's getting around so, the
0: world. Be like the garden gnome, you know. I was know? just gonna say the traveling recharge instead of the gnome. That'd be awesome. All right, I think that we're getting ready to put it in the bag, man
2: hey oh who was it man it was uh hardy one time man put some recharge in front of the rose bowl you know all those rose floats and all that stuff
0: yeah yeah he
2: was he was he was at the rose bowl and he took a picture of a product placement of recharge in front of, <laughs> of that. I was like, that's cool man recharge got to get around
0: man oh, come that's on sweet. all right guys uh if you like what you're hearing man support support us support people that support us pick up i'm sure you already got the message on picking up some recharge and uh hey re- yeah Real
2: quick, man. I s- I looked at all the supporters, man. I was trying to figure it out, man. Shout out to Farmer Tim, who's helped bearing with us while we get our membership site going. But uh, man, we got a lot of supporters, man. I gotta say, thank you so much to all y'all, man. There's some great guys out there, man. There's Tony, and uh, you know what? I won't recommend. I won't. I won't uh, mention them all because shit. I think I got all their real names. <laughs> <laughs> but uh man you know i was really impressed man and, and and humbled man thank you guys
0: yeah definitely i think we did just do i don't know on average i don't know, compare that to like an am or fm radio station show or something definitely grow talk heavy man not a lot of uh commercialization but i'll sell you right now yeah kick it over to way to grow seven locations if you're a colorado grower Use Dude Grow's account that helps us out. Pick up a Hortelux thousand watt bulb for sixty dollars. And if you haven't changed your bulb like or don't know when you have, like number number one difference you're gonna see you're gonna see you're gonna get your money back like that grow plus easy. So Yeah, I mean think about how easy it is
2: to make up sixty bucks in, in cannabis. You know, what is that? You know, a half ounce, you wanna call it an ounce, depending on on, on on your value of cannabis man to get an ounce out of an extra a thousand watts you know or a clean thousand watts i think you're going there man i think it's a a no-brainer keep them bulbs changed. definitely
0: give uh and keep reaching for the stars Give optic optic foliar some love <laughs> over on their uh over on their Facebook, I actually was just using their Overgrow, and uh, just because it's in, in, a, in a pinch, I do like ready-to-use formulas, even though it's pretty expensive to come by. You get way more for your buck buying their concentrates and making your own shit, but I did add the Transport, which I'm going to talk about Wednesday, to uh, another product I got from Green Planet at that Canacon show, spraying those hemp russet mites that keep my life so interesting, so... Anyway, I think we're already put in the bag. Scott, you got anything we'll be on Wednesday for grow- what's growing on?
2: Yeah, man. It sounds
0: good. Sounds real and, good. Uh, yeah, I, haven't, I don't even think I've said it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be there Wednesday coming at you. <laughs> <But> please, dude, <laughs> stop saying coming at you. Uh,
2: dude, got in your head, man.
0: All right, we'll try to have a a, a, a clean pronunciation show on Wednesday. And guys, check out dudegrows.com dot com. We're on iTunes, all your pod players, Stitcher, whatever you want. As Scotty says, "Yell dude grows at your phone." You'll figure it out. Hey, you know I got yelled at for correcting
2: you man. No, I didn't. Some guy was like, "Some guy was like, please don't correct the dude anymore." He goes, "My ex wife used to correct me all the time, and I fucking hated it." <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, "Brother, I'm right there you, man. I got you." That's why it's ex <laughs> ex wife.
0: You do not want to be ex host. <laughs> Oh, I totally identified with him, though. I was like, okay, thank you. All right, guys, take it easy. We'll see you in a day. All right.
1: story